Hello, and welcome to Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing good, just not as good as you. Take it down a notch, Jody. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I take it in a completely opposite direction two weeks ago. Last week, I get a little bit more normal. Apparently, I'm up too much this time. I just need to find a better, uh, better... I don't know what I need to find. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know either. All I know is I can't keep up with you. No, I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? I am slowly getting back to getting a normal amount of sleep after the weekend that I had. And you are very well aware that server issues happened yes. for inside the recording studio. And I had spent a great deal of time redoing the server. Mm-hmm. So for all of you people out there that have never been to inside the recording studio.com, the website is back up and running in case you noticed that it was slightly altered over the weekend uh, or sometimes My- not running at all. <laughs> or sometimes looking a little funky. Or yeah. yeah, or sometimes looking a little funky. Uh, it is 90, I would like to say it is 97% of the way to 100% back to normal as of this episode. Uh, and since, slightly prettier. And, well. and slightly prettier, a little nicer looking, yes. Uh, we're still trying to fix one issue that is affecting the front page and the Tuesday tip front page. Uh, it's not like the posts are not there. You just have to double, you have to click into the single post in order to get to our players. But hopefully by the time next week rolls around, that will all be fixed and solved. And you will just be able to look at the front page of either section and everything will be a okay. So, uh, yeah, that's currently the word at the moment in terms of that. So I'm very excited because the server is running faster and smoother, which is nice. And Yay. the website's looking a little bit nicer as well, which is even better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to get on with it. Let's start talking about today's topic, which is... <gasps> you tell me, Drum dude. Roll. <laughs> I am. No, uh, we're talking uh, mixed templates yes, today. And the benefits of using them. Why are we using them? And why you should too. I think we should like term this as like mixed templates 101. Sure. That's that's good. I mean, we have through a series of episodes, we've always mentioned how we use mixed templates. So I think this would be a good episode to kind of lay down, well, what are we talking about when we say that? And why are we using them and, and the ins and outs and the benefits and the non-existing drawbacks and <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, yes. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing is, is that there's, there's a point to this madness of getting into it now because in an episode or two or three, somewhere down the road, we're going to get into the PhD kind of level of mixed templates. <laughs> so we want to, we want to warm you up. We want to butter you up right now with like a one-on-one introduction to that. There you go. Yeah. Don't, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back there. With your no, no, no. Mixed template. no, 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 <laughs> no, but um, I'm making fun here, but yes, it, it um, it's very well put Jody. I mean, it, it's good to go through some of this so that, you know, instead of jumping into what we will jump into in a later podcast, <laughs> yes, it's good to be aware of um, what's kind of going on inside our heads when we're talking about this. But of course, 
Yeah. So first question, what what is a mixed template? Oh, you've now caught me off guard, even though I know we're talking about this. No, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a mixed I don't know, template, man. I'd just like to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a mixed template is essentially a preconceived file that you would open for your DAW. Uh, generally speaking, it has all of your major routings already allowed for you to import whatever tracks you're going to do so that you don't have to constantly spend 10 minutes of your life every time you do a new mix routing specific things. That's what I would say. Yeah. How that, would you, pretty mu- how would you like denote that? I would, or, I would or say explain? the same thing. It's just like a um, pre-med thing for whatever you do. And this is obviously something that will change depending on your views, what kind of music you do and in all this kind of stuff. But the idea of having a, um, a template where you plug in your tracks with routing all set up to different auxiliaries and groupings and maybe even have certain, let's say that you have a favorite ambience reverb that you, that, 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 that you that. always use. See, that's easy for you to say. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that you find yourself reaching for in just about every mix. Maybe have that routed already so you don't have to, you know, spend time getting up. And, and yeah, it just it just really, really helps your mix flow. So having a template, everything set up, boom, you're ready to go. You know where things are. And, yes. And some DAWs yeah. make that a lot easier than others. You yeah. know, uh, very specifically, you and I are very well attuned to using Logic Pro. And Logic Pro allows you to literally, when you fire up Logic, it will bring up a window when you say new session with template. You you can get a choice of a whole bunch of kind of templates. If you make your own, you can have your own window of like all templates to choose from, which is yep. really, really nice and really cool. I believe Pro Tools does the same thing. I'm sure most of the other big DAWs do the same thing to some extent, but there is one new DAW on the market that does not. (laughs) And that becomes a bit of a pain in the ass, but there are ways around it. It's just a pain in the ass. And that DAW, unfortunately, at this point in time, as of this broadcast is Luna and Luna does not allow you to pre-create templates, at least not in an easy way. But I have figured yeah. out a way around it. Well, so yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it is still version one. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, I think it's less than other. version one, really. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if it's, well, I guess they literally label it as a one, but I believe it was prior to one before it was even like, I think it was still like in an alpha stage when they really released it. Hmm. So, okay. Yeah. But well, yeah, they're so learning fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the other big thing about this that we just kind of didn't really even touch on a whole lot with the mix templates yeah. and the reason for having them, uh, specifically if you're doing an entire project, like you got a band coming in to do a whole album with you, and you know yeah. that the general arrangement is pretty much the same for the whole however many songs, whether it's 5, 10, 15 songs that you're mixing for them. You can create one template knowing what their general makeup of the band is, and that way you can save yourself 10 times the work of creating a basic template or creating a, a just even getting into a mix and counting out tracks and all that kind of thing. You have all that in your template. 
shoosh, you just pop the tracks right in and you're ready to fly. Yeah. And that's something that can become really, really uh, helpful when you are starting to do instruments that more often than not might not change that much. Let's say, for example, you have a drum kit that you've recorded. Yes. Uh, you may find yourself more often than not having the same kind of settings for your your shells, your kicks, and all this kind of stuff throughout, and that, that gives that continuity throughout the project as well. So, sure, yeah. Uh, another benefit instead of starting from scratch each time, and sometimes you have to do that if you're if you're doing an album and you're not tracking everything at the same time. It might be spaced out, and then you're you know you can you have or to tweak recorded that a little bit, at but, multiple different studios or that, yeah. So, but. Generally, it's a really good idea and all those benefits. So um, what do you tend to include in your in your mix template, Jody, as a whole? How, how much do you include there? How, or how little do you try to get away with? Well, the, the least amount that I get away with is general routing. So okay. I will have general routing. And, and it also is – it's program-dependent. Upon ding, whether ding, ding. I'm doing something with a uh, production library type track, uh, or if it's an artist-driven kind of track, or even, say, a podcast-driven track. There's all kinds of uh, different templates that I've actually got set up for various things. So let's say, as an example for a library production track, I will already have tracks set up for the drums and percussion that route to a specific bus, uh, bass tracks that also route to a bass bus, guitar tracks that route to a guitar bus, and they will have two different buses based on whether they are rhythm guitars or lead guitars. And then I will have the same thing set up also for synthesizers, uh, whether there's rhythm synths or pads or whatever going to one bus and lead type synths for melodic instruments going to another bus. And then same thing for vocals. If there's lead vocals, they will go to a lead vocal bus and background vocals, they go to a background vocal bus. So that can, that's how like for a slightly uh, advanced library template, I work that. Uh, I I can use the similar concept for doing art artist type music, but I will probably not go quite as in depth uh, of like separating out lead and rhythm guitars and such. Right, and let, let's let's pause on that for a second because the the reason why you're doing that presumably is because sometimes when you submit stuff to music libraries, they won't versions without the melodic content where yes. it's just a background. So, yes. so that's why you're doing that. And right. Yeah. That, that's the reason for doing it. Um, there's other reasons that in terms of mixing would make it nicer too because you can do certain things to each grouping that makes maybe makes things sit better in a mix rather than having everything as one giant conglomeration right in the, right in the middle. <laughs> sure. So, but sure. if I apply that technique to any other type of mix – that's my general starting point. I will have certain bus routings started as a general mm-hmm. template. Now, I've done yeah. projects where I've done mixes for multiple, you know, multiple songs for a single band. And once I do the first mix and I have a rundown of what's going on in every other mix in terms of like trackage, 
my first mix is generally going to be their most complicated. And mm-hmm. then I will use that as the template. And anything else is just stuff when I open the template and I don't need it, I just delete it out real quick. Right. Yeah. So I always, I'm weird like that. I always pick the most complicated thing first. What's the reason for doing that? Just so that you don't run into trouble later or having to route other stuff? Or or what's the reasoning behind that? I think the reasoning that I use behind doing the most complicated song first is to have everything that could be thrown at me in the kitchen sink for the template. And anything that's not needed is easier to delete real quick than it is to actually add it in. Sure. If that makes yeah. any sense, because yeah, when you're absolutely. adding stuff to yeah. your temp, adding stuff to a, a session file for a mix generally is a little bit more time consuming than just being able to go, I don't need this, click, delete, bye bye. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> that makes on. total sense. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I always tend to pick the most complicated song, the most complicated mix first to create the template for everything that comes after that with that band or that project. And then I can just, quickly remove anything else that's not eat it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great tip. Absolutely. I I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. That's, well, uh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? We agree on something. Yes. Again. Yeah. No, that's cool. So, I, I do a very similar thing. Um, I have basic routing going on and I, I adhere to the same sort of structure each time. Uh-huh. So I have that in my, my mix template. Now, like you mentioned in Logic, it's very easy to have different templates. And, and I do that as well, whether it's sort of song-driven stuff as opposed to uh, production-type music. They, they will be treated a little bit differently. But, but the overall idea is the same, um, where I essentially have a group of drum tracks that go to a drum bus. Or mm-hmm. drum hogs, um, percussion. I have bass, guitar, keyboards, additional instruments. If there's piano or strings or anything like that, I even set up a, an auxiliary for transition, transition effects, risers, and stuff like that. Uh, as well as I know, right? <laughs> as well as um, obviously lead vocal and background vocal. Um, so I have that in. A lot of times I I am one of those people that have a favorite reverb that I tend to route in just if I want a little bit of ambience, if if the guitars are tracked. Um, so you even simulated. do pre you, – you, you pre-set up your effects is what you're saying. A couple. Mm-hmm. A couple. I do if I have um, – because it's just uh, – you tend to have – where I tend to have at least some kind of like – ambience reverb just like a small room like a small wooden room or something Mm -hmm. and um it's just nice to have that there because i generally go for the same thing and um so i just have it there and i can add it to the di guitars or whatever that happens to be and it just kind of you know it's already there and it gives me what i want i also actually have on my my master bus I have my, my chain there as well. Oh. Now, we've talked about that before. Yes. Um, where I have everything loaded, but nothing is necessarily activated yet. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just one of those setups that I know I'm going to start with this. I'm going to place it right there. And uh, should I need to change any of those emulation, like a different console or anything, it's just a 
flip of a switch. So, gotcha. But so when you say you have something, because I know we did an actual master bus podcast yeah. episode. So if you're interested in our master buses, <laughs> go back in our podcast archive and find the master bus episode. So yeah, I uh, even believe we yeah, did a, uh, that's interesting. A Tuesday tip for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that. I believe what, that's what? true. So there's two things that you can go back to and check out in regards to that. In terms of that, that's an, that's an interesting concept. Let's think about that for a real quick moment. Because uh, master buses are things that people tend to think quite a bit about, or at least should in some sense. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, Matt, you're saying you have actual like EQs and, and compressors and whatnot on your actual master bus t- in your template. Yes. You do. Okay. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I do not. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> but I, I do. I, I, I do have things on my master bus, but they're not master bus type things like EQs and compressors and things of that nature. Uh, yeah. And, and the reason behind what I'm doing with my master bus as compared to yours is it's slightly different. And Mm -hmm. that will obviously come in the future episode that we're talking about, where we're talking about something that might be a tad more complicated for most people. (laughs) Yeah. And um, again, you can go back and look at what what I tend to do there. But um, there is – well, there, well, no, they should just go back and look at that because we, we'll just derail here if yeah, we're going we too derail. heavily to so, that. So, part of, Speaking about pre-done effects, so based on some of the routings that I do, I mm-hmm. actually do have some plugins on some of the – what I should be calling auxiliary channels, not yeah. technically buses because I'm using auxiliary channels as buses. And there's a whole another podcast episode if you haven't heard about our – bitching and moaning or our informational <laughs> informational podcast about buses and auxiliary channel strips and might want to revisit that one too. Anyway, uh, I do actually have on a couple of my templates pre-done things for particular auxiliary channel strips that are treated as buses. And one of them is the – I don't know if it's Brower that did – but it's called the New York – it used to be called the New York compression scheme. Parallel compression. Parallel yeah. compression. And I actually have that in my main artist template setup. Mm-hmm. I have a what I call a, a rear compressor. And that is something that I can send to send instrumentation or, or what have you to that bus. And then that goes back into the main uh, music channel bus and I have a couple of preset compressors that are already there and then when I'm ready to start listening for that I turn each one on or off individually to figure out which one's going to give me the appropriate thing and then once I find it I remove all the others and leave just the one but yeah so, okay. but the other I think thing Andy Brower is a big uh, proponent of that too. I think he, he yeah. Had, oh, I, I said Andy Brower. I'm sorry. I meant Andrew Sheps. <laughs> okay, yeah, Sheps. But yeah. I think Brower is the like the biggest guy. But he usually does series of them. 
So like if you're doing yeah. your compression, you have your main channel and then you might send it to two or three or four different compressors and then bus all the main channel and the other channels that are doing all the compression all together. So it, yeah. it's, it's a very interesting way of working. And it's, it's part of the leap of where I went from basic templates into like PhD templates when yeah. I started doing mine. Anyway, uh, you know, it, it's it the thing about having those pre-done things on your master bus, though the 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 plugins already set up, is you don't want to be tracking through templates like that because it creates an awful amount of latency. It can, yes. yes. If you're using tape emulation and things like that, so and like, other things. Why is everything are, late? Yeah, yeah. Why is yeah. it? Because I had a discussion with another producer yesterday who contacted mm-hmm. me and said, "Hey, I know you've like." gone through this quite a bit and I'm in need of help and I can't figure out why my tracks are moving forward in time because <laughs> they're, they're going out of time in that regard. And I had to explain that it's like, Hey, when you're using this and you're doing that, it will change the way logic represents itself when it's doing its recording delay compensation. Cause he was using logic. Mm-hmm. So Yes. Uh, before we move on to our next template of, or template, our next idea of why we should be using templates or specifically mixed templates, let's have a word from our sponsor. And we're getting into why we want to use a mixed template right now. Chris, well, tell I us why. Know, why? Because you told me to. That's <laughs> why. No. <laughs> no. Um, Although that would be a good reason, but I'll just take your word for it. No, it um, – That makes me feel me, too important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to give you a little hard time here. Um, I think – I can speak for myself. I think it, it certainly speeds up my workflow when I'm mixing mm-hmm. um, because I have this sort of air quote standardized layout of my sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I adhere to that, I always know where everything is. I can get going quicker. I know, I like you mentioned at the top of the podcast here, I don't have to start routing stuff. That's already done for me, right? So I can just kind of get in. I can listen to the tracks. If it's things I've gotten from an artist to listen to, I can just listen through them, see what I got going for me, and the routing is done, and I can just get – I can find everything that I want. I have another thing that we've talked about in the past is like color coding per instrument group and that kind of thing. Just yes. Being being able to navigate your session. Um, Quick so question. It, yes. While you're in the middle of saying all that that you just said, you mentioned the color coding thing. Do you actually yeah. color code pre your pre-made tracks that you're talking about? Do you color code them in the template or do you actually wait until you have the tracks in and then color code them then? No, they're color-coded in my template. Ah, another optimization of workflow right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then it's in logic, you know, it's just a simple key command. So when you import them, you select your tracks, you hit a key command, and all your tracks are colored according to what the track is set to, essentially. Really? So, yeah, yeah. I just learned something. You'll have to teach me that key command because I've had uh, them preset and then I drop them in there and it colors them. But I did not know there was a key command that would color yeah. them based on the track header. Yep. Mm. Yep. I'll, sh- I'll show you when we're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, now I learned something new today. I'm excited. 
See, you should listen more often. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the big thing. I think you, you get this sort of standardized workflow. And then, of course, it, it changes depending on what the song it is now. All of a sudden, you have a song that has a bagpipe in it, right? Where, where do you place that, right? So, but, but that, that's an easy fix, right? Sure. Um, so, but if you generally have these big groups, you could even, like, even set up, you know, group of tracks for miscellaneous, whatever happens to be. And uh, but slave everybody, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, heading into that season, right? Awful lot of production music, like Christmas stuff. So, um, yeah, it just. Re- Speeds up your workflow when you're sitting down, and you get. I know for me anyway, I feel that I have much better control when I everything is laid out the same way, everything is in the same order each time, and um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a huge benefit for that. What about you? I'm sure you would agree, but what what do you think are the well? Before we jump over to me, what is the what is the focus of when you're getting in the mix template? What is your your primary focus when you're saying like to the effect of the sound of your mix? How does it make it faster mm-hmm. for that? Um, for me, I think it's you know I can easier check things. Let's say if it's stuff I'm not familiar with that I am just getting tracks from an artist. Um, I plug them in and hopefully. Hopefully, said artist or whoever recorded them had named them properly. They're not just named audio one, two, three, four, and five, because then I'm not happy. Uh, but, but let's say that that all <laughs> organizations. A lot, does it? Uh, no, but it has. Um, I said, well, was the guitar track audio three twenty six or was it two sixty five? You know. Um, <laughs> No, but once you have everything placed, you can, or I can, you know, I see what what, what is needed as well, right? And um, you can listen to the guitars by themselves. You can listen to the drums by themselves. And I can make pretty quick decisions of, well, the kick needs to be layered with a sample here, or the same thing for the snare, or perhaps even the toms, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm not going to need the, the room here. But, but... I can see the thing as a whole as opposed to having to go searching and navigating through and I can quickly, you know, solo and mute groups of tracks, that type of thing. And it just, for me, it, it's feeling like I have control over the mix. And that, we all right, know what, you are a control freak. <laughs> guilty as charged. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, those are all very valid points. I was just kind of curious about all of that. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah. And one reason, too, is, you know, you mentioned the, the mix bus thing. Yes. Um, I generally will start with two compressors on my master bus. Two? And, the one, and they're both yeah. going? They're both going. One is doing the compression, and one is just adding color. Wow! Again, okay. Go back to the podcast. Yeah, listen yeah. to that one. But um, so I, I I like to have the um, the master bus, bus compressor on when I start because I'm going to hit that anyway, and it's not doing a whole lot. But mm-hmm. I like to have that from the get go. Um, I will decide later on if I'm going to use tape emulation or not. Um, but but all those decisions will come later. But but I like to have that because it gives me an idea of 
what I'm looking at. I know I'm generally going to use some kind of compression on the master bus. And it might be same things for, you know, my, my drum bus, where I've started doing a lot more the last couple of years here. I've done a lot more sort of like top-down mixing on the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of spending an hour trying to get, I'm exaggerating here, but but trying to get like a decent snare tone and then realizing that, only an hour? It's not, well, yeah, right. <laughs> preset one, preset two. No. Um, Lazy but, engineer. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Another episode. All yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, overall, it's just, it gets me, I have a similar workflow, whatever it happens to be. So it, it, the mix template just really helps with that. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's not even going into... You know, that will do with your episode later on, what we talked yeah. about, the routing for bouncing separate mixes. And oh, it's crazy. Thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. So, I've, uh, I've had people see that template and just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't keep up. What's going on? Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. but yeah, we, but at the same time, we should say that don't be scared when we bring up that episode, right? When we do that, because if you have some of these concepts down that mm-hmm. we're talking about the routing and, and just the layout of how we tend to start with our mix templates, um, if you understand that your template is not that hard to wrap your head around. No. Once you know, once you know the reasoning behind it. Yeah, the reasoning. If you don't, it, yeah, it looks like you're trying to do something that you Wild sorcery (laughs) going on. It's like, where's my magic wand? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So mix templates, use them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you were about to ask me like my concept on, on standardizing the workflow and that sort of thing. Yeah. And, Mine is very similar to yours, but I don't generally tend to start with pre-made effects in that regard. Right. Like, you know, most of the time, unless it's an entire project and the band wants everything to be super uniform, mm-hmm. I, I will not put the same effects into uh, a template. And the reasoning that I have behind it is, is I want the song to tell me what effects it needs more than me just going for a standard effect process um but like you i do the template and we've mentioned this i think a few times now throughout the episode to quicken the workflow it's all Mm -hmm. about speeding up the workflow and and not wasting time on things that uh, i constantly setting up the same thing over and over and over again because that is kind of like uh what do they call it repetitive strain injury or something of that nature (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and and you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're somewhat coherent with what you're doing. There is one aspect, though, and I know that Logic does this. Luna does not. And there is, I'm sure there's several others that do this. I was just, Pro Tools, I'm pretty sure, does this as well. In fact, I'm 100% positive it does. Is that you can take regions in Logic. Uh-huh. And instead of normalizing the region, which is what uh, people tend to do sometimes when they're just starting out and they're thinking, oh, I need everything to be as loud as possible. And you used to be – well, you still can. You can normalize the region as they call it to zero so that your loudest whatever hit is or loudest thing is zero. 
But if you're really getting into the concept of your emulation plugins and whatnot, they require a very specific gain stage. And unfortunately, templates can't gain stage yet. But I'm, I'm hoping that someday that you can actually have your tracks pre-gain stage the audio. Because I find myself now, whenever I get a mix going or I'm pulling in a project, my very first things, specifically in Logic, is to grab all the, the regions mm-hmm. or, and do them by track. They, they have a, it's called normalized region gain. Yeah, But you're not normalizing it to – well, you can normalize it to zero. I don't do that. I actually normalize it so it's like you've recorded something properly at, say, minus 18 dB as your peak loudness, which mm-hmm. is the most ideal for most of your emulations. So I find myself doing that very first thing. And I wish – I really wish – I mean, it's like – Apple, if I could, like, give you a telepathic thing to do in the next release of Logic, make it so that tracks can automatically region gain. Like, you could have a setting so that your template would automatically gain the region to what you want that audio level to be before it even starts hitting your effects. That would be awesome. So this is like me doing a wish list of things for new templates. But but you are aware of that lo- of the function in logic where you can actually set that. Yeah, no, uh, you have right, to do it right, manually. But I yeah. right, right. Well, yeah, but logic will do it for you if you tell it to. Not in a template. You have to do it manually. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm, yeah. You, you still have to apply a certain key command to, to do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I would love it if it could be done. like automatic magically it's part of the template kind of thing now prior to that because i knew what most levels were coming in at my template was actually set so that my faders were at like say minus 60 b instead of zero so -hmm. that i had room to go up and down based on the volume levels that i was given so my template has changed over time because now i don't need to worry about that i can just apply the region gain to anything in logic. But prior to that, I actually used to set my channel fader strips at uh, the fader volume at minus six to accommodate for that because things were always coming in pretty much too loud. So, yeah. And yeah, now that, so that's a wish list for a template kind of thing is like, I wish there were templates that could do that. And like, like the thing about Luna you don't even get that option at all. You can't region gain in Luna yet. Eventually, I'm, yeah, I'm sure, sure it's will. down the line. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it will be there eventually. But things like Pro Tools and and Logic, they do that. You can set the gain for the region, and you know it will all be good, which is nice. However, now that I've expressed a wish for a template, action. Is there a wish list that you have for templates? At this point. No, I have to say there's nothing I I find. Oh man, I, I really, really wish. Really, this was easier. To, yeah, no, not right now. Um, I think everything that that we have now is 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 really, really good. Uh, but that being said, somebody will come out with something, you know, before long, and they would go, "Oh my god, I can't believe that." You know, we haven't had that before. This. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think um, one thing, actually, one thing I, I should say that the software is there in plug-in form. 
But one thing that I wish that we would have, and I do think that Studio One has a version of this, but with so many software companies now doing console emulation mm-hmm. and plug-in form, I wish that was baked in to the DAW so that it would impart that you could go, okay, well, I'm going to try the SSL on this, or we're going to try an API, or we're going to do a Neeb, or yeah. a Trident, or whatever. I think that would be really cool. I agree with you. That would be a wonderful addition that you could then say, this is my SSL template, or this yeah. is my API template, or my Helios template, or whatever. So and I agree. just having that, yeah, having that as a preference would be really cool, because then you can go, okay, well, I got the tracks rolled up here. Let's see what console sounds best on this. Ooh, see, there is something that you want. (laughs) Yeah. But once I think about it a little bit, yeah, but I think, um, yeah, that would be a good one. Sweet. Yeah. So we've reached that time. That time is Friday finds. Chris, we always tend to kick it off with you. In fact, I don't know if we ever haven't. So kick us off again, (laughs) will you? (laughs) I will. And uh, once again, I'm going to reach into my music bucket and Uh not use a piece of gear. Um, I, of sorts, rediscovered an album this week that I I listened to again for the first time in a bit. And uh, it is Halsey's Badlands album. Mm. So we're going back a little bit. This is 2015. And I believe I had a student at the time that that turned me on to this album. But um, really, really interesting production. I think there's some great songs. And uh, I was listening to it. I was out on a hike the other day and had it in my headphones. I'm like, man, this is this is really good. <laughs> it's really good stuff. So if you haven't heard it or if you haven't heard it in a bit, go back and listen to Halsey's Badlands. Excellent pop album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? I am going the server audio route this week. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. With so many music, like with the whole concept, obviously, of the pandemic like exploding yet again and Thanksgiving last week, it's probably going to just keep skyrocketing for a bit. And I hate to like be mentioning that in the middle of a podcast because it's disturbing. However, because musicians really have this strong desire to play together and it's not a wise idea to be congregating together in doing so. There is a company called, well, it's not even a company. I think it's just like a concept called Jack Trip. And I know I've mentioned this to you in the past week or week and a half or so. And Jack Trip is a open source situation that was created by one of those high-tech techie universities. And they've released it to the world, so to speak. But you can buy Jack Trip capable interfaces. Wow. Yes. And then based on your location to a Jack trip server co-location kind of thing, you can be plugged into the Jack trip interface and you can jam with other musicians with almost no latency, but this is distance. 
Yeah, it is. It's pretty wild. Uh, it is distant related though. You can't be in like New York and jam with somebody in say Hawaii. The latency is too far because of just pure physics. However, if you're in the same town and you're like within a 50 mile radius, which most people tend to be, Jack Trip allows you to jam over the internet with their interface without a whole lot of issues. And that's pretty darn cool. That was uh, very cool. Yes. And oftentimes it's coupled with another thing that we, I think we've mentioned before, and that's audio movers. So you have a jack trip interface and then you use the audio movers plug-in in your DAW and you connect to the jack trip server and bingo, you are now able to jam over the internet and things are pretty wild. So excellent pick. Yes. Excellent pick. Yes, it is yeah. my pick. So uh, while we've got your attention still here because it's uh, time to start wrapping things up, we would like to have you go to our website, leave us a review. Uh, that address would be inside the recording studio.com forward slash review. And that gets you to a page to get you the link that you can give us a review, which would be absolutely fantastic because it helps our podcast immensely. And of course, because of what you heard at the top of the hour or the top of the podcast, it was essentially a new looking website. So it'll look better <laughs> when you get there. In addition to that, uh, just go to visit uh, inside the recording studio.com and you can easily go searching through other podcast episodes and find things that we have spoken about in the past. You can also sign up for our mailing list, which will get you some other kinds of goodies, including some presets from Chris and I. On top of that, if you would like to hear us speak about something, email us at the contact page at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com. I was forgetting the address for a second. <laughs> In addition to that, if you want to get a special little like email prize, hit us up at GoldStar at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com as the email address, and we'll send you something nifty. But... Please add the word template to that email when you send it. And I think that pretty much wraps us up, except for the Tuesday tip. I'm assuming that you're going to do it for this week, showing off how you do your routing on a simple template set up for mixing. I think I should do that. Yes. Fantastic. Sounds well, good. For everybody out there and inside the recording studio.com land, we'll say see you next week. Thanks for listening, as always. Have a good, have a good day. Good. That's right. Bye-bye.